Hey guys, Zach here, and before we get started today, I wanted to tell you about a very important survey that we're conducting here at Animalators, and we'd really like you to participate. The survey is anonymous, it won't take too much time, and it will help us learn more about you, no matter how long you've been a listener or how frequently you listen to this show. So please take a few minutes and go to gradient.is slash podcast survey and let us know what you think. Again, that's gradient.is slash podcast survey. Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here and welcome to our 26th episode of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have John Schlemmer, the motion lead at Google. John directs cross-platform animation efforts in Google Apps from within the material design team and has a passion for creating industry standards for animation in UI. As a part of this passion, John has had a huge part in developing Google's online material design guidelines, especially when it comes to motion. John comes from a background in agency animation work and has also been on the Google app teams that you may use today, including Inbox and Gmail. Today, we'll talk about why motion matters in the interactive space, what it's like being an animator at one of the biggest tech companies in the world, and we'll get into the bright future of animation in UI. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, John, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, so let's start here. Um, what is your role currently at Google? And tell us a little bit about um, yeah, what you do on the material design team. Well, uh, so my role at Google right now is uh, I'm the material uh, design motion lead. Uh, so, so basically, um, out of the material design team at Google, which, which works across Google with a ton of other teams. Um, I mean, right now we have, you know, 140 or so apps at Google. Wow. Are you serious? <laughs> um, we, we, work with, we work with all of them um, to, to try to, you know, make sure that they are... Um, that they have all the tools they need to to use our material design system, um, and in my case, to make sure that they're uh, that they're thinking about motion the right ways, um, and you know that it, it's it's different for for every team. Some teams have motion designers, some don't. Um, but you know, it's 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 always good. Everybody's always eager to learn here about that. Um, and then as far as like my, my day to day goes, uh, so I manage a, a small team here of about, uh, you know, three, three, four motion designers, depending on, you know, who, uh, we have contractors at the time, but, uh, yeah. And then uh, as far as the, the work we do directly out of the material design team, you know, we, we work on our, uh, material design, uh, guidelines at, uh, material.google.com yeah. and, um, you know, we're, we're just, you know, kind of, kind of constantly pushing forward um, the material UI and just kind of seeing, seeing what's next. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and I'd, I'd love to circle back to those guidelines. At, like, those, those are incredible. Um, but I also understand that you um, have, you, you've worked on some other different product teams at Google, uh, Inbox and Gmail. Could you talk a little bit about uh, your time kind of working on those specific product teams? Yeah, so uh, when I just started here, uh, it's been about three years now. Uh, the, the the first team that I started on was the Inbox team, which was a part of the Gmail team. And at that time, Inbox was still still pretty new, still pretty early on in development. Um, and I mean, Inbox was released about a year and a half ago, I think. I could be I could be wrong, but that <laughs> I think that's right. Um, but 
Yeah, so so a lot of what I did, I was one of the first motion designers at the company. You know, it's, it's not something that a lot of interaction designers are, are familiar with working with. Hmm. Um, so I was able to to kind of start this this workflow of of introducing motion design into the interaction design practice um, on Inbox. Wow. And and we were able to come up with some pretty cool interactions that that we normally wouldn't have before. So, I mean, if you viewed if anybody's used Inbox before, like one of the one one of my favorite things about it is the interaction to be able to kind of close a message. Um, mm-hmm. So if you kind of if you're if you're if you're viewing one of your messages and you scroll um, beyond the scroll point, uh, either up or down, you kind of you get this nice uh, what we call over scroll animation uh, yeah. to to bring you back into the view before. Um, it's just these really small interactions that that we explored through motion design. You know, even before prototyping that, that we were able to do. Um, and and yeah, so so from there, um, you know, there there was a lot of that on inbox. There was a lot of fun little things too, like. Little details like when you compose a message and you hit the little the, the pencil uh, button in the corner, you know it, it twists and turns and transforms with an icon animation. Um, there, there are some fun things like you know when you when you use the app the way we actually want you to, right? We want you to to clear your inbox and and and, and make the most of your day and get organized. So so when you reach zero inbox, there's this you know really fun kind of sun illustration animation that plays. Uh, so a lot of really fun details that, that we added there. Wow. Yeah, there's there's so much there. And I love that, like, I don't know, that, that focus on the end goal, right? Like that, that animation yep. is, is one of those things that, um, yeah, that guides the user to that, like, kind of main goal um, of the app. And then, yeah, and it's, so, and, it's, and it's interesting. It's so similar to, you know, just making any other type of animation. It's like animation is one of the tools that we have to communicate. And it's one of the tools that we have to kind of point back to the main thing in, in everything that we're doing. Um, right, exactly. And, and it seems like, I mean, um, like Google is becoming this like kind of powerhouse of design and, and a big part of that is, is animation. And a big part of that is also, as you mentioned, uh, the guidelines that you guys have, which, which is fantastic. Um, at material.google.com. Um, and then there's, you can go slash motion and there's this kind of whole, it's almost like a, like an animator's survival kit, but right. for animation specifically in, uh, interactive spaces. Um, yep. so could you talk a little bit about that, uh, guideline that you guys have created? Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty fun project. I have to say, because we didn't really have too many reference points. Um, it's, it's something that's, that's. A, a very new thing when it comes to both motion design and interaction design is, is really like integrating thoughtful motion into your into your UX. Yeah, I mean the the way that we approached it was, um, you know, the, the material design guidelines has some very you know stylistic opinions on on how to, you know, design and and uh, and, and lay out your apps. Um, most of them are are geared towards just generally good. You know UX principles with with a with a flair of of uh, stylistic design on top, but the way I wanted to approach motion was was really to kind of step back a little bit from the stylization of it, and just really think about what people need to know when they're when they're starting to get into UX motion, hmm. because again it's it's not something that a lot of people have worked in before. Yeah. It's probably not something a lot of people have thought about before, um, and. You know, when you start thinking about this, it's we we wanted something to to kind of help you 
understand why it's important and the things you should be looking for when you are animating and, and just kind of what, what are the ways that, that motion can, can really help your UX so you're spending time working on the right things instead of just, yeah. you know, adding a few elements of polish here and there that don't really uh, benefit the, the user in any way. Well, and one and one of the things that I, I thought was really interesting, uh, so like you have the, I don't know, the beginnings of like what like mobile experiences specifically are, but even just like UI design in general at the beginning, you know, with, with like early stuff like BlackBerry and, um, and iPhone and things like that. And you had this kind of design mm-hmm. trend of skeuomorphism uh, where things are like... Um, I don't know. They're like really like physical, like they're based in reality because I mean, I've heard a lot of people say it's, you know, it's because like these type of, you know, touch interfaces are pretty new, like to all of us. And we're, we're still learning how to interact with them. So like buttons look 3D, so they obviously could be pressed. Um, mm-hmm. But then as, as people got used to these in, in interfaces, we were able to take a lot of that away. And then we were able to come back to these kind of like um, this kind of beautiful, minimal type space that that we are now um, but then google comes out with this what what they call material design and and it's bringing some of that physicality back but i think a lot of the the like the realness that there's like almost a skeuomorphism in the animation itself and bringing back right. a lot of that reality could you talk a little bit about that was that like a conscious uh like was that was that on your guys mind when you kind of developed this whole philosophy yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of a tricky approach because we didn't we definitely didn't want to go back into the skeuomorphism land of things like yeah. that would just kind of be going backwards. But at the same time, it's not it's also not what a lot of people are calling flat design. Um, yeah. I, I know that's some people way, actually yeah. refer to some people refer to material as flat design, but that's not you know it, it's it's definitely more skewed towards that than skeuomorphism. But it's also not just flat design. Mm. Uh, and the way we approach animation is, is is kind of the same way. So, if if you could be in some of the conversations we've had on the material team, they they go like super high level conceptual. Yeah, let's, just like let's go there, man. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like you know, what what actually is material? What is the the surfaces and and um, you know the ink like material that that um that that really what we're trying to go after what is the user actually seeing what are they interacting with and we kind of landed on this thing where you know the surfaces are more of like a chameleon skin that's able to to you know shift and and change in in ways that you know we can relate to something in real life but at the same time isn't really limited to to reality Mm. um and when we're animating things too it's it's a lot of it is um one one of the main practices uh, that I that I really encourage in in uh, UI motion is to have consistent elements um, between your transitions. So you know you you can tap one thing and uh, transitions into a view on another screen, and that one thing that you tapped is you're you're able to follow it into that next view. So you can kind of see it move into the point that you are supposed to be looking at um, on the on the very next screen. Yeah, and it's it's that kind of thing where the motion that we apply to that is still believable. Like we still have acceleration and deceleration that, that is believable in our real world. Um, we have, you know, a little bit of an arc motion, so it doesn't look so robotic, so it feels a little more natural. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it would be really hard to, to limit that specifically to a, to a perfectly in-tune physics system. 
where we need to abide by all of those rules. So it's it, it's a mix of you know reality um, and a little bit of uh, imagination and and um, you know how do we make this so that it's still fun and has its own sense of style um, while being familiar at the same time? No, definitely. And I, and I just love the, the amount of care, especially just in, in this, um, I don't know, design guide that you guys have put together. Um, but also just like the, I don't know, I feel like you guys are like really, um, Google itself is like really kind of leading the charge in, in just like bringing like motion within UI to like the, the forefront and, and really kind of bringing it to the attention of, of a lot of developers, uh, specifically who, I don't know, I mean, animation itself is, is something that one could pursue for their entire lives and, and still be learning things. I mean, it's, it's Absolutely. Such, a, such a deep well. And it, and it seems like this guide is, is aimed, well, I guess it might be a good question. Like, who is this guide specifically aimed at? The way I, the way I wrote it and how I had in mind the entire time was to introduce a a designer, whether it's a visual designer or an interaction designer, um, to introduce them into the world of motion design. Um, not necessarily introducing animators. Um, I know animators can definitely gain a lot from this, but at the same time, if you are a professional animator, you, you probably are familiar with, you know, things like Disney's 12 principles of animation and, and sure. just like, you know, how, how things are supposed to look when they, when you want them to feel smooth. Um, so a well-versed animator will probably have some of these, some of these guidelines already, already nailed down. Um, but, you know, aside from that, whether, whether you're well-versed in other types of animation or you're just starting into it, there's, there's some things in there too that, that not a lot of people have thought about, like, mm -hmm how long is, is a transition supposed to be on a mobile device? How long is a transition supposed to be on a web? On, on web? Um, and it's, you know, we're, we're talking about just fractions of a second, right? Yeah. Like 200 to 300 milliseconds to, to fit in this highly detailed um, animation that communicates all of these things. And these guidelines are supposed to kind of help you figure out what you should be focusing on during that really fast transition. So... So the user doesn't really get distracted or, or better actually, you know, helps them understand how the, how the UI is structured. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And, and that timing is, I, I have found so different. Um, I, I have uh, kind of behind the scenes been kind of just plugging away, working on some, some unity stuff, uh, working, working on a game and, and I've I've noticed many times where it's like I'll I'll prototype an animation in After Effects, um, and I'll just you know use the normal like kind of sensibilities that I've developed over my time as a an animator specific specifically in the uh, advertising space, and then I'll get them in, and it, it's just way off. Like it just feels wrong once I get right, it yeah. into an interactive space, and and it's been quite quite a learning curve. It's really different too, especially coming from like a broadcast land. You know, yeah. I was in, in agency work before, um, and you know, you have a thirty-second spot you need to animate, or a minute-long spot, and and you know, that's it's very different when you compare when you're comparing that to to all of this work that needs to be collapsed into two hundred to three hundred milliseconds. Yeah, um, it's 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 a very different way to kind of think about animation. You you ha you really have to prioritize what is the absolute most important thing to animate in, the, in that time frame. Yeah. So one of the things, I mean, you, you touched on this a little bit earlier when you said that you were kind of like trying to pull together and, and you mentioned that like 
you know, we we don't have a lot to go on. There there isn't that this is such a like relatively like relative to like I don't know like photography or something like that. This is a, this is a very new field, right? We're talking like the very longest, the what a decade um, of things. yeah, maybe, maybe even. I mean, honestly, I think before the iPhone, I would say, uh, yeah. like I don't I don't really know of any you know mobile UIs that that really had any animation and you know maybe it was because you know mobile didn't really take off yet smartphones didn't really exist too much yet sure but also like the devices that we're holding right now are so much more powerful than they were 10 years ago that's crazy that they they actually can support these types of detailed yeah. animations yeah, that's and true. you know we, we don't have to worry about the animation you know getting in the way or, or slowing down the experience or making things feel choppy it, it actually we, we can use it to mask loading now we can use it as more of a, a nice kind of distraction or something mm-hmm. for somebody to look at while while something's going on in the background. But with that, with that kind of lack of, I don't know, depth and, and rich history to draw from, where where do you guys draw your inspiration? A lot of it has to do, you know, I, I mentioned this before, it, it, a lot of it really goes back to those to those 12 Disney principles. Um, uh-huh. Like there's there's so much there. There's There's so much about, you know, anticipation and um and 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 just all these things that that are core to the animation philosophy that we're really trying to somehow adapt ui to and it's definitely not you know a one for one thing we're not going to use every single one of those 12 principles not all of them work um some of them would probably end up slowing things down like we we can't really squish or stretch things <laughs> very yeah. well right now maybe in the future but but right now i think we still definitely have that kind of device limitation but when when we're trying to come up with a new transition we're obviously thinking about you know how this is going to benefit the user how this is going to benefit the the interaction design but also to make sure that it still feels grounded in these kind of principles that that we keep coming back to totally so let's let's talk a little bit about the the future, the the wonderful future, um, okay. especially when it comes to the interaction and like team, almost like team dynamics between animators and developers, um, and and I think there's lots of things that that can come into play here. Um, so like I guess first of all there's there's this whole new generation of animators who are learning to code, right? Like coding mm-hmm. has um, never been easier. Um, I, I think, uh, there's, there's so right. many tools to help people learn how to code the, there's so much access to it. So let's start here. Should, should animators learn to code? Is, is this a good way to kind of propel us into a, a future of better animation within, uh, interactive experiences? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you're, you're a graphic designer. Of course, you need to learn how to code if you're a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. If you want to kind of excel in your career, you, you, you got to, chances are if you're, if you're designing, you know, outside of print design, this is going to end up on a website somewhere. It's going to end up coded one way or another. Um, and the exact same thing is happening to, to motion design too. Um, even if you're not getting into the UI space, um, you know, expressions and after oh, effects yeah. are, are, are its own way of coding. Um, sure. It's just being comfortable with the fact that you're going to need to learn to do some type of code one way or another is, <laughs> is something you should get familiar with. But I mean, UI especially too. Um, w- one of the pain points um, that I see probably continuing for a little while still too is 
because motion and UI is, is, is still pretty new, um, a lot of engineers still aren't quite used to working uh, with that level of detail and transitions. Mm, yeah. Um, and one, it's because, you know, it, it, we, we haven't really done too much of that before, but two, it's because we don't really have the tools yet to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, the way these platforms are, are designed aren't really, you know, some, some better than others, but, but are, still aren't really focused on, you know, how to properly animate. Yeah. Um, and from a motion designer's perspective, it's your, your motion design and your UI is only as good as the implemented form. Hmm. And if it doesn't get implemented properly, it's, it's not going to communicate the things that you originally wanted to. And in order for it to get implemented properly, the motion designer needs to kind of understand what's actually feasible for this implementation. You know, a motion designer could spend, you know, hours, days, weeks on some interaction that they thought was awesome. But when they present it to an engineer, when they want to collaborate to actually build it, it's just it ends up not being possible at all. And, and that one is just a waste of time. But, but two, it's, you know, it's just proof that you kind of need to kind of understand the platform that your end result will, will be on instead of just, you know, the end result of the animation on its own. Interesting. So do you see, I don't know, what do you see as kind of the solutions to this problem? Obviously, like education on both sides, right? Like educating right. Uh, developers and, and people who code. Um, on animation principles um, so that they can better understand like what makes an effective animation, but then also educating on the animation side, like what is possible, um, maybe learning some code. Um, but I think there's also the element of like better tools and, and trying to imagine um, a workflow and, and team dynamics that really empower people to, to create interactive experiences that have beautiful animation. Could you talk a little bit about um, where things are going, where you hope they might go, and... Yeah, like what's what's the future look like to you? So, I mean, as far as UI animation, um, I mean, I can say right now that that everybody or, or most motion designers, that we probably have like between twenty and thirty motion designers mm-hmm. now, which sounds like a lot, but for for a com- wow. for a company Google size, it, it's really not that much. Yeah, what did you say? How how many apps you guys have right now? One hundred and eighty or something. Oh, man, 140, 150 or so. It's probably off since a couple of weeks ago. Too. Yeah, and and you're saying that like there's how many animators across that many apps? Uh, between 20 and 30. That's yeah, that seems real small. Yeah, and and I mean when it comes to it, just a lot of teams don't have motion designers, and the more high profile apps have teams of motion designers. Gotcha. Um, like for example, the Material team has you know one of the larger motion motion teams at the company. Yeah. But yeah, as far as as far as the tools we use right now versus the tools that I wish existed, <laughs> After Effects is great and all, but it's not it's not for UI animation. It's just it's just that common piece of software that most motion designers know yeah. that makes it the easiest for them to work in right now. But it's missing that interactive element to it. Mm-hmm. The most you can do is render out a video um, and put it on a device. And, and kind of pretend that this is what you're interacting with. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, it, it, it gets the job done. And at a company like Google, like we have the resources to have prototypers actually, you know, um, build out this animation before it ends in the app. Or, or you know, we have, we have a lot of collaboration and a lot of, a lot of different people to work with to make that happen. But, you know, smaller studios or startups that, that don't have those kinds of resources, it's, it's really hard to get motion in there because of the lack of tools. And yeah. even a lot of the prototyping tools out there right now, I mean, 
uh, Framer and Form and Pixate and Principle, um, they all focus on kind of different areas. Principle is probably one of the ones that has a little bit more of a focus on animation, but at the end of the day, it's still not as powerful or, or not as versatile as what After Effects would be. So my like my in in my perfect world, I would have something as versatile as After Effects to be able to work with, um, but be able to export an interactive version of what I'm working on. Yeah, that would be that would be incredible. Um, yeah. you, I'm, I'm, but of course, that's really hard to do because yeah. you have so many platforms and you have so many different ways to. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, <laughs> not sure if or when that's ever going to happen. Because <laughs> I feel like there there are lots of. I mean, I feel like. More and more, there's lots of like little tools that are coming out that are helpful. Um, being able to like, I, I don't know if you uh, are familiar with Marcus Eckert's uh, Squall. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and that seems to be making some some really interesting strides just from like being able to copy paste like kind of core animation um, type things. But that's obviously just for iOS, so so not super helpful. Um, on, yeah, on your the cross-platform thing is is a big issue. Yeah. I mean, the the two platforms that we're developing for are so so different. Um, and, and we, we've we've had a lot of internal tools too to help with that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of things that are able to export animation from After Effects into something that, um, you know, Android or iOS or or you know, maybe into a CSS form of one way or another. Like we have those, but it's still it's still using After Effects as that backbone, which you know is fine, but it it definitely shouldn't be a long term yeah. solution here. So. What are some challenges that you, you kind of see animators facing um, when maybe they, they come into to Google? Because honestly, there, there aren't many places um, that you could get a job currently, right, that, that mm -hmm. has an animation focus within an interactive team. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a few out there, but th there's not many. So like you guys aren't hiring people who have like worked in interactive animation for 10 years. Um, I'm guessing you're hiring mostly people who, who come from studios like ours or, or freelancers. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of us just like what we're looking, you know, it, it's, it's a really different kind of eye into mm -hmm. the portfolio of the, of, of the candidates that we have for motion designers because they, they probably don't have UI experience. It's, we have to kind of pick apart the other animation work <laughs> that they have. Yeah. So like, yeah, what, what sensibilities do you guys look for and, and what are some of the challenges um, that animators face when they start thinking um, with, with interactive spaces in mind? Yeah. So the challenges, um, you know, three years ago when I started are a little bit different than they are now. Um, but so when I started, you know, again, I, I was one of the first motion designers here and, and, and motion was still a generally new thing to work with at Google anyway. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, proving the value of, of good motion design uh, to the oh, teams yeah. that I was working with. Um, because again, like a, a lot of interaction designers didn't really know not necessarily why a motion designer was needed for something, but, but just like the value and, and what, what type of different areas can a motion designer look at to, to help the UX. So I love that. Yeah, a lot of that was just kind of exploring it on my own for sure, because honestly, I didn't really have those answers either. I was just kind of exploring things too and figuring out where things are most useful. Um, but there was a lot of collaboration there that, that made it a lot easier. Uh, so that's not as much of a problem now because you know, especially as, as material has matured and, and we have these new motion guidelines out there, it's, you know, we, we had a pretty big um, presentation, uh, pretty big push on it at, at IO this year too, to, to really, you know, make sure that, that engineers and designers both are, are understanding the importance of this. So 
yeah, not too much of a too much of an issue now. The biggest issue that still stands, and again will stand for a while, is again just just going back to that implementation, um, working with the engineers yeah. to to actually build what you animated, and it's on on the teams that I've worked on, I've been able to kind of scan the engineering team of 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 the product that I'm working on um, and find the find the people that are most excited about animation in general because yeah. it it's a lot of work to implement this stuff like it's not just it's 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 way more than just you know red lines for for design it takes so much more time to to code motion than to than to actually like code a layout right so with this animation it's as long as you find the person that's passionate about this and to really go that extra mile and find you know the correct solution instead of just the fastest solution is is a pretty big uh thing to kind of learn and i imagine that would be the same in any company too yeah. um you know especially as motion design is is still kind of new so it's yeah finding that person and just working with them and, and having that constant communication between the two of of you know, duration values and easing curves and, and, and delays and, you know, that back and forth on, on workarounds for, for things that might not be 100% feasible is, is pretty key. Yeah. Uh, you, you spoke a little bit to like, yeah, just like finding the people who, who see the value in in motion mm-hmm. right uh, and this is something that i think all, all of us can relate to right like whether we're just freelance you know freelance animators or we are um within an agency or a studio or working with clients like over and over again we have to prove our value right like we have to define and, and say like this is why right. doing this is important um and, and yeah. that happens uh, it wouldn't be easier if people just knew this <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> um, but at least from the outside perspective it seems like google from within like they get it but I mean, I can imagine that everyone necessarily does. Like you said, it takes a ton of time. It, it is it is fairly challenging, um, but the rewards are there. So, I guess one: Do you find yourself having to to consistently kind of um, prove the value that your team brings to every app? And then and then, how do you go about doing that? Uh, definitely much less so than it was a few years ago. Yeah. Um, especially on the material team too. I mean, I think. Out of all the teams I've worked with here, uh, I think the material team has the strongest focus on motion at this point because, again, it, it's one of the, the kind of key pillars of what we want to uh, push material to be in, in this version and the next. So it's definitely on the material team. There, there's usually no pushback on, um, on, on, on why something like this would be important. Um, on other product teams, uh, some of the larger products, some of the uh, more you know public-facing ones um, like Inbox and Calendar and Drive and even a lot of the VR stuff, um, they get it right. Yeah. They understand why motion is important. Um, they need that kind of polish, that kind of perfect interaction design experience to in order for their users to to really catch on. So on those teams, it's not it's not too big of a deal either. Um, the, I wouldn't say issue, but I, I think it's just a little bit of a harder push or a harder sell on the teams that really don't have the resources yeah. um, to, to be able to pull something like this off, whether it's not having a motion designer or not having the engineer, engineering time to, to pull it off. So, you know, through the material team, one of the ways we, we kind of help this along is we have this kind of... We have this for, for design and, and for motion is, is to kind of really 
hold these apps up to a certain standard that we want them to be. Um, you know, if you're following the material design standard, you know, there, there's a certain level of, um, of, of polish, of detail, of perfect interactions, um, you know, th that we want these, that we want these apps to follow if, if they adopt this. Mm. And we have, again, we have reviews with all of these, all of these 140, 150 teams to make sure that they're meeting that. And, you know, by doing these reviews, we're able to kind of help them understand, you know, small wins that they can add to their app too, yeah. to, to, to really help them, you know, spend the right time implementing motion instead of, um, in, in, instead of trying to go off on their own and, and, you know, trying to hire a motion designer or trying to like learn what motion design is all about. Mm -hmm. Right. There's this really deep sense of collaboration throughout even the entire company from the material team to, to make that happen. So like, I, I'm sure there are listeners out there that, that will probably have this conversation in the future. And, and that is like, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Business owner and you know, like mm -hmm. I, you know, we, we've got a deadline to hit and we've got a budget on, on this, this app or, or whatever that was software that we're working on. Like, like why, why would I take the time to implement animation in, into this this project we're working on because you know it's incredibly costly and and all the reasons against you know it um it's hard it, it'll slow us down like what are the benefits what do i stand to gain right um that's <laughs> that's a good question uh and and a lot like sometimes unfortunately uh, motion is one of those last things to kind of get implemented or one of the things that ends up getting pushed to the next version yeah um i will 100 percent admit that Sometimes motion is not as useful as, um, you know, just generally good interaction design mm -hmm. or generally good visual design. Yeah. Um, there are times where motion does kind of need to take a little, of a little bit of a backseat if it's not really going to help the app at all. But at the same time, when you're, when you're able to, to show and have examples of how just a little bit of motion added to an interaction or a transition can help understand, you know, broader things like the hierarchy or structure of, of how an app is, is, is laid out or just like the overall navigation uh, model of the app. It's, it's a very clear way to show that it's more than just something nice to look at. Um, the only way to do that, though, is to show it, right? Like there's it's it's a really hard sell to say <laughs> that it will greatly help the the hierarchy and and user understanding of your app yeah. um but it just goes so much further than than to just show it um and a lot of that effort would have to come from the designer whether they're prototyping or making something in after effects or just putting together a model and they're you know in, in a storyboard or something mm -hmm. to to kind of help prove their point um but i mean we found so many times that the right transition goes a long way to just helping users understand things. Um, and I mean, just going back to that inbox, uh, inbox, for example. So, you know, when you open a message, you have the message actually opens in line in your thread list and you have the emails above and below it kind of pushed out of the way. Yeah. And you also have this really subtle thing of, you know, when the expanding email collides with that blue app bar at the top, it actually pushes that off the screen. Um, so you get this, you know, in this 200 to 300 millisecond split second, you get all of this information about where this email view lives in your app, yeah. where all your other emails are, and potentially an invitation on how to get back to the screen you were before. So, you know, naturally the user might be able to 
interpret this and, and think that they can scroll to their other messages. And when they try to do that, they realize that they can see their other messages. And you know, if they, if they let go, they'll, they'll be able to be transferred back to that, that original thread list. So it's like, it's all these different things you can, you can communicate and imply in interaction design that, you know, if you didn't have a transition at all, or if it just, you know, did what most other apps do, like it slides in from the bottom or slides in from the right, you don't get that. Yeah. You don't get that at all. You actually end up getting a duplicated email. Like, why is this email <laughs> sliding in from the right if I already see it right here in front yeah. of me, right? It just kind of completely changes the, the, the navigation model of your app. Do you guys find that integrating animation earlier in the process is, is happening as well? Because it, it does seem like in an especially like Inbox and, and some of your, your other apps that, I don't know, you're, you're able to do things Maybe you're allowed to, you're able to imply and you're able to coach users in a way that you, I don't know, to me it seems like it was, it was very clear that it was a big part of the planning, planning stages uh, because then you, right, your, yeah. your illustrators or your UI designers are able to um, almost like not have to do all the heavy lifting um, just by the UI design. Uh, the animation can come in and, and help and give, give clues to the user. Um, so do you think that integrating animation earlier into the process, maybe even the planning stages, is that something that's been helpful to you guys? It absolutely has been. I mean, that, that over-scroll animation um, and interaction that you see in Inbox wouldn't have existed mm -hmm. without yeah. it. And it's just that w when you're able to understand how motion can help, you're able to kind of strip down the rest of the UI to be a little more simplistic and have users focus on only what they need to. You know, from the very beginning, instead of having to modify a UI that, that is either already grounded or already has sign-off or already has, you know, a lot of people using it the way they want it to, um, it's much easier to do that from the very beginning as an app is being developed than to change an app later on. So to give a counterpoint to Inbox, um, Gmail, right? Yeah. Uh, Inbox, you know, got a lot of love from the Gmail team. And... Gmail was left behind a little bit for a little while, and it was eventually updated on Android anyway. And we wanted to, one, you know, bring the material design language to Gmail and Android. And through that, we also wanted to bring new animations to Gmail and Android. And so many people use Gmail. So many people <laughs> use Gmail and Android and are so used to their, their exact workflow yeah. and their exact design and, and used to where every exact pixel <laughs> is on their screen that... It's really hard to change something that is so well grounded, especially at a company like Google yeah. that gets such a big user base in a short amount of time. So when we do add animations to something like Gmail, we actually get a lot of complaints from people <laughs> um, saying that, you know, there was no animation before. My email opened up instantly mm, before. Yeah. Um, and now, like, I see this, I see this transition. It, it, feel, it, it just takes too long. Yeah. And you can't really add it. You can't really make something feel faster than an instant flash, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no amount of animation is going to, to feel faster than that. Um, so what we ended up doing, like we definitely took those um, complaints to heart and you know, a lot of it showed up in our user testing too, but at the same time, we didn't wanna put out a, an unpolished app just because people um, liked what they were used to. We, we, we still have to you know, push the boundaries a little yeah. bit. So, we were able to come up with a solution that hopefully pleased everybody. Um, I mean, at least we, we <laughs> got far less complaints after we did this. But, you know, we, we shortened the transition that we used to, you know, about 50 milliseconds less, which, you know, actually does make a difference, even though it's just 50 milliseconds. And we kind of tweaked things so that 
any loading that the user would see is done during this animation. Mm. So when that animation happens, they're automatically pushed into the content of their email instead of into a loading screen. And by doing this, it actually makes it feel like their connection is faster because they're totally distracted by the fact that an animation happened instead of noticing that loading is happening. Yeah. So that's one of the things where, you know, just switching around how the background processing works and, and, and when animation is useful, it can, can just end up making it feel faster, even though there was, you know, zero transition before. <laughs> just hear, hearing you talk something that's super interesting that jumped out to me it's like you're saying like 50 milliseconds and like i'm so mm -hmm. used to thinking in frames like like i, I know like right? <laughs> i know how much time like if i shave two frames off this this keyframe animation you know at 24 frames per mm -hmm. second like i know what that's going to be like but you say 50 milliseconds i'm like well, i have no i don't even i have no yeah. idea what that means like in in space we work in milliseconds and all of my after effects comps are at 60 frames per second wow. and each frame of an after effects comp is 15 milliseconds okay. so all right. a lot of our durations are between 15 and 20 frames okay. long yeah. um, that's kind of like what we stick to that's so interesting um, okay, so you just you just had brought something that uh, I'd love to talk about. So uh, apps in general, right? They have they have beta testing. They, I mean, I'm guessing at a size uh, at Google's size and and the just massive launches that you guys go through, you probably go through some uh, like user groups. Um, oh, absolutely. How yeah. how does that how does animation kind of work into that process into that kind of beta testing like user group um, kind of workflow that I'm sure Google has kind of running there in the background. Yeah, it's really, it's helped a ton because, so when we do user tests, um, a lot of times when you present something to one of these users, like we, we have these, you know, pre-selected, you know, unbiased user groups that, that we have. Um, I, I have no idea how to get a part of that list. So <laughs> is it like, um, is it local? Like, we have like these... do people like come into a room and, and get a phone and, and is, or is it like a lot of it's local? Okay. It def it definitely helps that it's local because we actually kind of like record their their reactions oh, nice. and and their responses yeah. and literally every detail that that we can think of when they're using it. Um, but so yeah, it helps that it's local. But I mean, we've done some over 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 Hangouts too. Oh yeah, um, nice. So before, like a lot of the research um, that that we presented, or a lot of the 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 kind of prototypes that we presented to these users still needed to be built. And whether an engineer does it or whether a designer does it in, you know, something like Framer or, or Principle, it's still something that needs to be built for the user to interact with. Yeah. And something that motion design has been able to, to do is we're able to kind of fake a lot of things instead of having to build them out. So, for example, if we're, if we're, trying, to, if we're trying to demonstrate a, a new onboarding flow for, for an app, we're able to do that completely in After Effects, and we have some tools to, to load these videos onto a device and identify hotspots on, um, on the video. So if a user taps something, something a, a different video will play. And, you know, it, it sounds pretty rudimentary when, when, uh, when you think about it, but to the user, like, it's just as good as a polished app, yeah. right? Their interactions are being listened to with this highly polished motion design, um, and we're able to get a very clear understanding of how they feel about what this app will be before an engineer even touches it, before a prototyper even needs to, to build anything for it. And that has really sped up a lot of our ideas into, into user research, just because again, there's, there's less people involved, there's less coding involved, and it's just, it really focuses on what's important and making sure that 
the 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 user that we're researching has a very specific flow um in mind that they're trying to work with yeah. uh, because obviously this wouldn't work with you know if we hand them an inbox app or inbox prototype and, and be like hey you know play around with it see what you think right <laughs> that would be kind of hard to pull off which is videos but something you know as guided as an onboarding flow or as um as 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 simple as like you know opening an email and closing it right that's something that we can kind of fake through these videos sure. oh, that's so interesting i mean like what we were talking about earlier with um you know animators getting on board in in these processes like really early i mean this is like before any code well for the most part is like even laid down uh so is it just like a right, yeah is it just a ui designer an animator and and like maybe a i don't i don't know what you call your like team heads or whatever but like what are the what are those prototyping teams look like uh, so a generally new ladder at Google has started where uh, we have what is called UX engineers um, that are a part of the of the UX teams here. So the UX teams have uh, interaction designers, visual designers, motion designers, and now UX engineers. And that's basically uh, a UX engineer is somebody that understands fairly deeply how to code for a platform, but can iterate very quickly. Yeah. and um, with with not much to work with without platform baggage or or um you know existing code to have to handle you know that that's definitely uh, a resource that we lean on pretty heavily when it comes to user testing um for for some of the later stages yeah. and it's yeah it, it's just it's a lot of the um ux engineers and the motion designers work very closely when something does need to get implemented because they're the ones that are able to tell you if something is feasible or you know actually see for themselves if they don't know if something is feasible without having to bother the the the, the kind of back-end engineers or, or the the um, structuring engineers on 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 the rest of the yeah. team uh, that's awesome so looking looking again towards the, the future i mean i feel like um like a lot of this stuff is 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 fairly um, as you said, it's like back to the basics of just like kind of core animation principles. Um, mm -hmm. what, what do you guys kind of imagine as, as like, where, where can this go? Or are we just getting started? I mean, like, cause obviously there's, there's still so many apps out there with just that, that don't have any kind of attention towards, towards, um, detail and animation and, and communicating with animation. Right. Um, but eventually, I, I would love to think that we're gonna we're gonna get there. Like like that's just gonna be a base part of of every interactive experience um, that's thought about just as much as as UI design or something like that. But I would I would hope that is the case eventually. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like imagine you know making making a program in DOS and not having <laughs> a a GUI, right? You know, yeah. UI has been so core now. You're you're not just gonna present something in, in terminal, right? It's it's uh, everything needs a UI now, and hopefully, eventually, everything will have motion a part of that UI. Yeah. What what do you think we stand to gain by that? And then, and maybe on top of that, is there anything beyond that? Um, like once that becomes kind of the norm. Yeah. So, as far as what we have to gain, it's only just a better understanding of of apps. Um, just a better having users have a better understanding of what they're working with. Um, again, that's through hierarchy, through through guided focus on on consistent elements. Um, yes, you can definitely use it as as more of an eye candy approach too. Um, I mean, a lot of the super sci fi interfaces that you see in like the Avengers yeah, movies yeah, yeah. and and like 
you know, that stuff is super over the top and is there to just look cool. Myself, like I'm super nerd out and actually try to like see what they're actually doing and see what these UI designers were thinking when they were when they were actually animating the oh, stuff. Yeah. And it's it's incredible. Like, you can tell that that their their end goal was to make it as pretty and and eye-catching as possible, which it should yeah, be. I mean, it's for a exactly. movie. But like what we're doing at Google or, or I mean anybody that's working for for you on UI motion is it's a very different goal. It's it's not focusing on what makes it pretty. It's focusing on how do you make it so that it's the easiest to understand, so that it's the smoothest experience, so that it's communicated in the best way possible um, what, what it is that they're doing. And that's still where I think we have a lot of work to do, too. Um, you know, again, we're still kind of learning what those things are, what is really the best way to do this. Um, and I know, I know this is going to change over time, um, especially once we have devices that can support much more detailed animation. You know, when, when, you, when you get into the VR space, right? you have a very new platform of VR, right? You have a very new way to experience UI in that platform too. You know, you're not just going to be watching movies in, in VR. You have to somehow navigate the UI to pick the movie that you want to play. There's always going to be a UI a part of any experience, any game, any, um, you know, storefront, any, anything. And when it comes to VR, like we're, we're starting to realize like, what's even the, the proper distance to place a UI yeah. um, so that the user doesn't feel claustrophobic? Um, what kind of motion can we put in the UI that doesn't make them feel motion sick yeah. or makes it too hard to track or that they're like flinging their head in different directions that, so that it's hard to keep up? Like we, we have to think of, we're, we're starting to, to look at actual terms, like how many, how many meters in front of the user <laughs> is, is, is this supposed to be? How, what, what's the velocity of the UI oh, yeah. at this point? Because you can actually you know, feel like you can reach out and touch it and you have more relative, um, relative motion to compare it to. And yeah, UI uh, in general, um, including motion and VR, is definitely one of the big things that we, that we still need to figure out in the future. Um, but it can really open up a lot of really cool possibilities. Um, no, I mean, Google has their own like kind of Google VR department. Do you guys have material design like people or do you guys collaborate with them a lot? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the VR team, the Daydream team, they have their own UI designers. Um, they have their own UX team, of course. Um, but, you know, a part of the material team, we we really want to help them figure out what material looks like in VR, too. Um, you know, we, we still have this material design guideline that you know, Google apps should, should go by and VR, you know, isn't an, an, an exception of that. We still want that nice Google brand mm -hmm. in there. Um, while at the same time, you know, having VR have its own, you know, spin on things. So there's definitely been a, a, a lot of collaboration, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of, you know, attempts to get this to feel how we think is the best way to approach it. Um, again, it's a very new space. It's probably something that's going to very quickly change over yeah. time until we land on something that that we um that everybody's comfortable it's the with. wild west right um, now it's, it's crazy right yeah <laughs> but super exciting I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes um especially with bringing kind of google's um design sensibilities to it I, i'm i don't know i wonder if you guys could be the the leaders in, in that area of just like maybe trying to come up with some kind of um i don't know structure moving forward that could be really interesting yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now we have a very 
very basic spec in our material guidelines oh. on um, on on just cardboard. Yeah. Um, so if you're working with an interface in Google Cardboard, we have some kind of basic guidelines on design and motion there. But I mean, you you bet we'll eventually have something <laughs> in in material that'll that'll push towards VR. I mean, it's it is going to be um, a very big platform, and I don't believe it's going to you know replace mobile phones um, for a, a very long time, <laughs> if at all. Uh, but it is still going to be something that is much more widely adopted, um, especially with with the Daydream release coming up soon. That um, that the people are going to start using m- more and more. So uh, you've kind of mentioned this a, a little bit throughout. Is a lot of the way that material motion is implemented is is very uh, utilitarian, right? Like it's it's very mm-hmm. much guided by like what what does this help accomplish? What does it help communicate? Um, and I, and I think that there's always that utilitarian nature, even in client work outside of interactivity, right? Like we have a goal from our client, we have a story to tell, um, we have, we have a concept to, to explain. Um, but then there's also a side of, of animation that isn't utilitarian. It, it is delightful and wonderful and fun. Um, and, and sometimes also just does exist, um, to be like, wow, like that was, that was beautiful. I, I really enjoyed that. Um. So I don't know. Is there? Is there? Do we? Do we ever get to move beyond just the utilitarian nature of animation in interactive design? Yeah, I mean, I would love to be able to get there to where we end up focusing more, almost, on the delightful part of things, um, and having just the the more utilitarian parts of it just implied things that are just common sense at that point. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we've we've dabbled a little bit in in the the light factor too um and while while our main focus is on on the ux um and and the ui transitions and all that you know the the delightful stuff is is i mean it's it's delightful right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's 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 there to make sure that the user is enjoying what they're doing and not just like doing it because they need to and i th- i think one of the one of the examples of it is um you know, reaching inbox zero is one of those things, right? We focused a lot on this little animation that plays when you reach inbox zero to kind of reward the user for for using it the way that we think it is best to be used, um, the way we think they'll be most productive. So it's kind of adding in this delight and adding in this polish um, to parts that make sense for the user to see in order for them to continue using things the way that the app is intended to be yeah. used. Um, another thing is like if you, like we, we worked on a lot of uh, illustration animations for, for calendar um, in, the new, uh, in the new goals feature. So, you know, the, the goals feature in calendar is, is, you know, something to help you schedule time for running or biking or exercising or, you know, mundane things like cleaning the house, things you don't really want to do, but, we still wanted to find a way to make it so that it's exciting to complete those things. It's exciting to, it's exciting to keep up doing those, even though you don't necessarily like doing the task itself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of the things we have really awesome illustrations. Um, we have a team of illustrators that just do amazing jobs on our Google products. Um, but another thing is just adding animation to it. And we actually don't have it in the app yet. Um, it's something that, that we're currently working oh, cool. on. Um, because illustration and, and um, animation and code is, is pretty difficult. <laughs> but, you know, it's eventually something that, that we want to add to it to make it so that it's, it's more fun just to 
to do the things that you normally wouldn't want to do. Yeah. Um, and those, those are the right spots to use it. And, you know, eventually, you know, w- once we, once we get past those and, and we have even more time, if, you know, you have a team of 20 motion designers that don't know what to do, <laughs> you know, you can start adding things like, uh, animated illustrations everywhere. Yeah. Right. You know, y- you want to make sure that you don't want to get too distracted mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Um, cause it's easy for users to get distracted on things when they're trying to accomplish something. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean another another spot too that 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 we put a lot of time in is the onboarding experience. So this is the first thing a user sees when they open one of our apps. We want to make sure that what they're seeing is the best form that Google can show itself in. Um, we want to make sure that they're instantly engaged right off the bat. Um, if you downloaded Google Photos, um, you'll see a super slick uh, onboarding experience with some awesome animation to kind of explain what the app is about and how it's structured. And, you know, hopefully it's something that when people see it for the first time, they open it, they're, they're really, you know, surprised by, by how much detail, how much polish, how, how good it feels, how smooth it is. Hmm. So I know that you, you know, you kind of got your start at at Google um, on the product team in in inbox and and Gmail, but kind of where did this, this all start? Did you, uh, come from a you know like user inner you know user experience background or an animation design background like where did um, yeah where did this all start for you? Man, it started so long ago. <laughs> uh, I think it was in middle school um, where you know as as any middle school uh, kid and uh, around that time would 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 be doing is is looking on websites at flash animations. Um, Stickman animations were, were a huge thing then. Oh yeah. And I was so pumped about those. Like <laughs> I, I was so excited about about all these awesome stickman, like hand animated stickman movies that I saw that I found out were done in Flash. So I wanted oh, to wow. I wanted to learn Flash. Um and man, I think the the first version of Flash I used was like Flash four. Again, this was like fifteen years ago, back when Flash was still, you know. Flash was an up and coming thing. Yeah. Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, what a, what a roller coaster you've been on, the the, the right, rise yeah. and fall of Flash. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, I, I just uh, I just kind of taught myself Flash. You know, there aren't really any classes in middle school that teach Flash, so I wanted to learn it on my own. And I made some Stickman videos on my own. They weren't they weren't great, but it got me to learn the software. Um, I made some, you know, Matrix inspire, inspired oh, nice. videos, which were pretty you fun. You have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that, any, any kid has, has that as an inspiration. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, as I was, you know, gaining my abilities in Flash through these totally useless, useless things, um, I learned that you can actually make a living off of this. I learned that, you know, Flash exists to make websites, to promote things, um, and that you can actually get paid for it, which is, you know, when you're when you're starting out high school, of course you want to get paid for for this kind of stuff, and it pays way more than than you know a retail job too, which is nice. So I started you know making flash websites, um, some for some clients, most of them on my own that really had no purpose at all, but just because I really liked animating. Um, it was just a it was it was really fun to be able to kind of take the ideas out of my head and, and put them on a screen in, in this in this flash player. It was it was just really exciting. So I did a lot of website animation, um, which is I guess where my kind of UI background started. Yeah. It was animating UI on websites. I just didn't really think about it at the time. Well and it, and it's so interesting too because like Flash existed, right? And so like 
all those things kind of happened right in the same program, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Kind of have um, gone a little backwards. I, I, like since in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, man. So, man, websites and Flash were, <laughs> were <laughs> such a huge thing. Um, I don't know if you remember like two advanced studios. Um, that was a huge inspiration of mine when I was making websites. Um, they were pretty big in the industry back then. They were like the go-to place to make an awesome Flash website. Um, so a lot of inspiration there. And that's when I kind of decided that this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to go to college to learn web design, to learn how to make awesome Flash websites for the rest of my life. And, you know, Flash didn't last too much longer <laughs> after that. <laughs> but it was for the best, because when I was in college, when I was studying web design, uh, I majored in interactive media design. I realized that I enjoyed animating way more than I enjoyed making websites. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's, that's when I realized that I wanted to kind of shift what I was learning to, to focus more on motion graphics and animation and, and broadcast animation instead of making websites for a living. Instead of, you know, kind of, this is probably about, you know, halfway through college that I decided this. Um, and I didn't want to kind of reset my, my college uh, timeline to, to kind of fit this new, this new view I wanted to, to look into. So I kind of self-taught a lot of things. Yeah. I kind of took a lot of the classes I had for websites and turned them into uh, motion graphics projects. Like one of the, <laughs> one of the things I can remember is just like um, to, to make a website, um, you know, on anything you wanted. It's a college project. It's pretty <laughs> open-ended. Just make a website. And the thing that I focused on most, the thing that I spent the most time on was the awesome video intro for that Flash <laughs> yeah. website instead of just the website itself. Um, <laughs> So I kind of did things like that to kind of shift my focus on my own. Um, and I got through just fine. I, you know, graduated with that web degree while focusing more on animation. Um, and yeah, from there, it just, you know, took off in agency land, worked at a bunch of different agencies, okay, yeah. uh, doing broadcast motion work. A lot of things for a lot of clients like Target, um, Motorola, Kraft. Uh, BlackBerry was, was an interesting one. We did a oh, lot of promotion cool. for BlackBerry 10. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it, it was actually a good learning experience to, to say the yeah. least. And yeah, from there, I mean, there were a lot of mobile companies in there. Like I mentioned, Motorola, LG was another one. Samsung was one. Um, and when we do, when we did a lot of these, these mobile advertising, uh, campaigns, a lot of UI ended up making its way into these, into these videos we were making. And of course, you know, somebody at that agency needs to animate yeah. that. And I, I was super excited about that, right? I you know, haven't animated UI for a while at this point. And, you know, I did it back in Flash and I felt like I would be a good fit for it. And I loved it. I really, I really loved the subtleties of it. Um, I, you know, focused way more on that than the rest of the videos at that point. Um, and that's when I decided that I really want to see where this kind of expertise can take me in the industry. Yeah. Um, and it kind of worked out, you know, since Google owned Motorola at that time or, or was about to buy them or something, I can't remember <laughs> the exact timeline, but, um, you know, it worked out. I had some connections at Google to kind of, uh, get interviewed and, 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 and show what I was capable of on the, on the motion UI side of things and kind of went from there. Very cool. Uh, well, I, well, I know we're running out of time, so let's, let's jump into our, our final qu few questions. Um, the okay. first is who is your dream client? And this is 
kind of a weird one because you work full time at Google. <laughs> so right, yeah. Am I am I allowed to say somebody other than Google? Is that, is you, that can I get fired? Yeah, I don't know. That's up to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, honestly, I am a huge, huge Nintendo fan. Ooh. Um, and I I I would honestly say that my my dream project would be some sort of collaboration between Google and Nintendo. Man, were were you really bummed when they announced the like the Mario exclusive on on iPhone? Yeah, it, well. I learned that it's not exclusive. Oh. I learned that it's just a timed exclusive. Okay, it's timed coming exclusive. on Android. Nice. Like, yeah, right. It, nice. It's it's going to be on Android like not too much. Later. All right. So it's coming. Um, it's coming to you guys. Right. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So I mean, that would just be, that would be so amazing. Like if if we could if we could work more closely with Nintendo on things. Like I know there were some rumors back then that were totally fake about you know Google designing the the uh, system UI for Nintendo's next console. And oh wow. You know, that obviously awesome. wasn't true, but it would have been so fun to work yeah, on. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> um, like kind of combining the two things that I that I love yeah. into, into one thing. Well, if you do, please just tell them that I really want a real Pokemon on, on mobile. <laughs> right? That's all I want more than anything. Like Pokemon Go, <laughs> oh, that's fine. Man. It was good. It was interesting. But like, I just want, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah. N- no, Nintendo Rock. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. Favorite animated film? Uh, favorite animated film. So... I would have to say The Lion King. Nice. And oh. I know, oh. I know in like two years, <laughs> I'm going to have to say which Lion King I'm I know, talking about. I know. That's so crazy. How do you feel about that? I, I saw it. Okay. So I saw The Jungle Book. Yeah. And I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I thought it was a completely unnecessary movie. Like sure. it totally didn't need to be made. Yep. But the end result was, it was actually way better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And John, and John Favreau, he's great. I mean. Oh yeah, right. So I have I have faith in the fact that I know he'll make a good movie. But what I'm a little worried about is that I have all these, you know, awesome childhood memories of watching Lion King yeah. and it was my first movie in like, theaters. Like Right, yeah. yeah I, it's I, there's so many memories associated with that and I'm afraid that if I watch this new movie, however good it is, those memories will then turn into comparing them with mm. this new movie. No, totally. So I'm like, I'm borderline, like wondering if I should even watch this. Like, is this going to change my life? (laughs) It very well might. Yeah. Big decisions for sure. Um, All right. Next question. What do people you love think that you do for a living? You've got a tough one to explain. I feel like. Yeah, I do. So (laughs) I'm I'm thinking of how I explain to my parents what I do. Um, I basically tell them that I work on... (laughs) I just work I just work on the apps like Gmail that you use. I, I honestly don't go into detail of like <laughs> what it is you should focus on on yeah. what what it is that you're doing. Because like a lot of the animations in these apps, like they're made so that you probably shouldn't actually notice them, right? Yeah. So like telling somebody like mom and dad to to look at an app and notice these things that they're not supposed <laughs> to notice when they're when they're on their own struggling how to use the app in the first place yeah, yeah. is just it's not worth it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's, that's, that's that end of things. Um, but I mean, usually just, you know, I have friends in the industry. I went to art school. I have a lot of design friends. Um, a lot of them have gotten to the point where they're working at a place too, where, where motion and UI is, is starting to become a thing. So 
my amount of explaining of what I do is, is becoming less and less. That's good. Nice. That's a good, that's yeah. a good trend. All right. Yeah. Last question. What animal did you choose for your animalator and why? I chose two animals. Oh. One is myself. <laughs> oh, nice. And the other is my dog. Um, wow. All right. I have a tiny little Yorkie. Um, he's super fun and weird. Um, but so this is actually something that we, that we animated for, for Google too. This is something oh. that I just did for fun. Cool. Um, that didn't make it into any Google products, but yes. um, was still nice. related. Uh, but it's, it lives again. Right. It's ex yes. exactly. It's this, um, it's this guy, you know, holding a, a laundry bin with a little dog on top and the dog jumps and, you know, kind of offsets the laundry bin and makes me yeah. lose balance. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's the best way I could, uh, I could picture myself for this. Awesome. Well, well, I'm pumped to see it. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on Animalators. I, I really appreciate you, you giving your time. It was, it was a yeah. awesome talk. So thank you. Yeah. Anything to do to get UI motion more out there, right? And, and, you know, I have to, I have to do this at the end. I have to plug the fact that motion design and UI is so high in demand at Google right now. It's not even funny. So, oh, wow. So you guys are hiring? You, yes. Like all the time. It's so hard to find people with, with, with a background in UI experience. So if you have a background in UI motion experience or you are thinking about getting into it, the industry is so rapidly growing for that, mm. that it would be an amazing thing to do. Okay. Where, where can people go to, uh, uh, see the job openings and, and, uh, yeah, where, where should people go? Uh, just go to Google careers. I think it's careers.google.com. Um, you can also go to, um, design.google.com. So these are, okay. uh, just designer specific postings. Um, motion design is generally featured on there as one of the things that we're hiring, um, along with interaction and visual designers, but awesome. But yeah, there's, I mean, it's it's so tough to find people with this experience. So you know, yeah. I have to I have to do my 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 side of the work here too. And hopefully, people <laughs> no, will know and, to apply here if they have that experience. <laughs> and you guys are um you guys are amassing some some serious talent already. You've already got uh and and a previous animal leaders guest over there, uh, Adam Pluff. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you yep. guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I know Google's a big place, so it's like right. saying like you live in New York. You must know my friend lives in New York. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, we our, our motion design community is pretty pretty tight knit. We have a we have yeah. a group hangout going on every day to, to oh, wow. educate each other. So that's awesome. Well, cool. Yeah. Thanks again. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Animalators is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and created in collaboration between Identity Visuals and Gradient. To learn more about the work we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to go check out the brand new, just-launched website from Gradient, gradient.is. You can also find them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter at gradient.is. That's gradient, D-O-T-I-S. And you can follow us on Twitter at Animalators. Animalators.com is another great website you should check out because there you can see John's Animalator and all the other incredible Animalators from previous guests who have been on our show. To find out more about John and the work he's doing at Google, you can head to his website at schlem.me. That's S-C-H-L-E-M dot M-E. There you'll find links to follow him on places like Dribbble, and you'll also find a link to the Material Design Motion Guidelines, which we mentioned heavily throughout this episode. I strongly recommend you take a look. The theme music to the show was written and produced by Cody Fry. Check out more of his work at codyfry.com. 
And don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, or you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, YouTube, really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And if you're into this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review or drop us a note. We always love getting your feedback, and when you leave us a review on iTunes, it helps other animators find this podcast too. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to be back in a couple weeks for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations for the world of animation. Animalators.